Hey, this is Jay Evans, and you are listening to the Jay Evans Thoughtcast, seeking to encourage, spark conversation, and make you laugh all in one episode. I apologize for not uploading the podcast last Thursday. I was down with a stomach bug for like five days. It was terrible, but we are back. And I just want to say thank you for listening to the Jay Evans Thoughtcast. Um, I, th- I think publicly right now, there are 500,000 podcasts available. So the fact that one person would take time out of their day to listen to me ramble on, let alone we're averaging right now 20 plays per episode, and that just blows my mind. Even though probably 15 of those are my mom, I'm still super grateful. Today's episode is called Where is God? And the main idea is this, when I am found in a situation far out of my control, what is my response? Fear or faith? So today I'm going to kind of skim through and jump around in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. You may know this about the 12 spies scouting out Canaan. And man, there are so many good little nuggets in this story. And it's it's hard to focus on one thing, but the main thing I want to focus on is fear and faith. So let's jump into it. Chapter 13, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, send men to scout out the land of Canaan. I am giving to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader among them from each of their ancestral tribes. Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the Lord's command. All the men were leaders in Israel. When Moses sent them to scout out the land of Canaan, he told them, go up this way to the Negev, then go up into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Is the land they live in good or bad? Are the cities they live in encampments or fortifications? Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous. Bring back some fruit from the land. It was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they go in there. They scout out the land. They're they're scoping everything out for like 40 days. So verse 25, at the end of 40 days, they returned from scouting out the land. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here is some of its fruit. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there, who were giants. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone with him responded, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw on it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. We must have seemed the same to them. Man, one chapter into it, and there is so much. They're, they go into the land. They see how great it is. They see the giants, but they see the fruit and all of the great things about this land. And and this is where I am first faced with the question when they are all arguing about whether to rush in or not. Where is God? 
because they're arguing. They're freaking out. They're saying, we felt like grasshoppers. There's giants in there. They will destroy anybody that goes in there. And Caleb says, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. And and here's the thing about us as human beings, and it really hasn't changed in like the 3,000 years since this was written. I think it was like 3,000, three or four. I don't know. Google it. Here's what I want us to know. We are bent towards depending on ourselves. We do not like depending on God. So notice the, the, the key word here is it says we seemed like grasshoppers or some other translations will say we felt like grasshoppers. Don't always trust your feelings. God says, go in there because I am giving you this land. And they say, no, they're going to destroy us. And we're just like grasshoppers to them. Chapter 14, verse one. Then the whole community broke into loud cries and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron and the whole community told them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and our children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who scouted out the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite community, the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord, if Yahweh is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land for we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. And then verse 10, while the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared. So here's the super interesting thing about this to me. The situation is the same for everybody involved, right? Like everybody, they're all in the same boat, but there's two different perspectives. You've got maybe four people over here that think that it's a good idea to go do it. This is what they're supposed to do. And you've got a few, let's say hundred thousand people that think this is just a horrible, horrible idea. What's the difference maker? The people of Israel are looking at their feelings and they're looking at the giants. They're looking at the city. They're looking to the past and Caleb and the leaders are looking at God. There's the Israelites are saying, Oh, we feel like this. We're scared. We're going to be devoured. We can't do anything. Oh, we should have just gone back to Egypt. But Caleb says, no, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will their protection is done. So the, the Israelites are looking at their own insufficiencies and the leaders are saying, no, it's, it's not about us. It's remembering that God fights for us. And that's what we get wrong about faith today. We think faith is making God a reliable last resort. When everything else in my life goes to crap, I know that I can lean on God. But faith is really saying I'm going to trust in God. And if he does not come through, I am screwed. If he does not come through, I've got nothing. My faith is on him. 
And honestly, the Israelites want to retreat. And Caleb is saying, no, we can do this. We can fight them. And how often is this us? We look at the future. We look at change in our lives. We look at difficulties. We look at illness. We look at so many things. And just like the Israelites, man, we go, why am I here? Why did I do this? Why did I go down this path? Why am I a part of this? But the Israelites, man, if you looked at what Egypt was like for them, they were slaves and things were getting worse for them. But they they always forgot. They always forgot about what God did for them. And are, and are we mindful of all the times that God has pulled through? I think it's so important to put answers to prayer on paper. When we pray about something, let's write it down and leave a blank at the end of it to say, when God answers this, I'm going to write it down because then we can look back. I'll never forget. My wife and I were living in a super tiny apartment in Red Key. No, we weren't. (laughs) I was living in a super tiny apartment in Red Key because we weren't married yet. And I was writing down my prayer requests at the time. And my main prayer request was this that my grandpa Larry would still be alive when we got married. And I remember my dad telling me, he said, Jay, I know you want him to be there, but I just don't know if he's going to make it. And man, we were praying and praying and praying that he would be there. And my grandpa was there and we have pictures of him there at my wedding. And one of my favorite pictures is hugging my grandpa um, after the wedding was over. And I'll never forget my wife and I were moving in November a few months later and I found that journal and my grandpa had passed away a month after we got married and I opened that journal and saw that prayer request. God, would you please help my grandpa to be there for my wedding? And I just wept. Something so tiny as, you know, dragging out my grandpa's life a little bit longer. And it was so hard for him to be there. He was so weak and he did not feel good and it was a hard day for him, but I'm so grateful that he could be there for us. And, and maybe today, as you listen to this podcast, maybe you just need to say, when in my life has God come through for me? You know, maybe you've got some good friends in your life. And maybe there was a time in your life when you were praying for good friends. Maybe you've got a spouse that you love. When we can all remember those times when we were praying for a spouse. I can remember when I was praying for the house that I live in, praying that God would give us this house. That way we could have foster children. Now we've got a sweet little baby in our foster care, and we've got this home all because God answered our prayers. And we need to take time. We need to take time when we're alone with the Lord just to reflect on all the times that he's been good to us. I remember some some really, really serious spiritual warfare going on when we had our last two foster kids with us. And I remember falling on my face numerous times and weeping numerous times and God delivering us in that season. God is good. And when we forget about all the good things that he's done for us, we begin to put the pressure on ourselves when it's all along. We look back and say, you know what? It's never been about me. It's all about God fighting for me. And so back to the passage, God judges Israel's rebellion. I mean, it's been a long time of God putting up with the Israelites. And there's an exchange between Moses and and Yahweh, and I would encourage you to go to Numbers 14 and look at that. The big part in it is he, is God says this, 
in verse 21. Yet as surely as I live and as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these 10 times and did not obey me, they will never see the land I swore to give to their fathers. None of those who have despised me will see it. But since my servant Caleb has had a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the lowlands, turn back tomorrow and head for the wilderness. The Israelites, because of their disobedience, because of their fear, lost a blessing. And an important leadership lesson in this is sometimes... The majority, the vast majority of the people that you are leading, there are times when they can be wrong. And you know, there's, well, the majority, whatever. No, these people are flat out wrong, flat out wrong. And it costs them a blessing. God removed a blessing from their lives. They could have gone to Canaan. They could have conquered it. And God says, because you will not listen to me, because you will not trust me, I will not bless you. And we see a really sad part at the end of this chapter. When Moses reported these words to all the Israelites, the people were overcome with grief. They got up early the next morning and went to the ridge of the hill country saying, let's go to the place the Lord promised for we were wrong. But Moses responded, why are you going against the Lord's command? It won't succeed. Remember, God has, God has said to the Israelites, turn and go back. Moses says, don't go because the Lord is not among you and you will be defeated by your enemies. The Amalekites and the Canaanites are right in front of you and you will fall by the sword. The Lord won't be with you since you have turned from following him. But they dared to go to the ridge of the hill country, even though the Ark of Yahweh's covenant and Moses did not leave the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the part of the hill country came down, attacked them and routed them as far as Horma. From beginning to end, this story From the beginning to the end of this story, the Israelites kept trying to succeed without God. A success without God is failure. I would encourage you to look at the circumstances in your life today. Maybe there's something you're anxious about right now. You've been stressing about all day today. Maybe there's something you're worried sick about. Let me ask you this. Where is God? Where is God in your plans? Have you brought your plans to God yet? Have you even thought about God yet? Maybe that's why you're afraid. Maybe that's why you're stressed out. And honestly, when we get into that state of mind, when we get into that spirit, these are not easy words, but we need to repent because it's pride. It's pride when we doubt God because we are telling him he can't make things happen. So it's all on us. And that's arrogant before God. And we have to repent. We have to make a 180. We have to turn around and say, God, I'm sorry. I changed my mind. I'm changing my direction. You know better than I do. Will you guide me? Will you direct me so that I don't lose a blessing? So that I, so that why not have to go through pain because of my disobedience? Because God is not a mean God, but sometimes God lets us face the consequences of our bad decisions and because of our doubt. And I hope this episode today really makes us look at our lives and say, where is God in the direction that I want to go and my plans and my dreams and my future Where is God? Get a pen and write it on your hand today. Where is God? The Israelites could not remember God's promises. So as we leave today, and as this podcast comes to a close, I want to give you five promises of God. Sorry, 
I want to give you six promises of God to hold on to this week. God promises to give us wisdom if we ask. James 1.5 He promises to provide a way out of temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 He promises us that our salvation is secure no matter what. John 10 He promises to never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews 13.5 He promises to finish the good work He has begun in us. Philippians 1.6 And He promises to come back. Luke 12.40 And those are in the show notes if you want to hold on to them and you want to read them. Think of the promises of God. Meditate on them, think about them, and ask yourself this question when you are facing fear, when you are facing impossible circumstances, where is God? Don't be like the Israelites. Don't leave them hanging at the, at the beginning and leave them hanging at the end. Run to God every time. When things get stressful, when things get hard, be like Moses and Aaron and fall on your face. Fall on your face before God. Hope this podcast was an encouragement to you. I hope it gives you a desire to really think about where we're going in our lives. I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast. If it was an encouragement to you, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review or share it with a friend, share it on social media, whatever you want to do. Have a good one. God bless you.